Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. Welcome everybody to this edition of the Brains Magazine podcast. It's me, Mike Sefton here. And I have a great uh, and wonderful guest that I'm really looking forward, I was going to say, to get my teeth into. Uh, obviously not not, not literally, at least, but uh, looking forward to getting stuck in with you today and really adding value to our audience. Today I have Alice Dudley-Cash. Alice is a business and self-love coach and also the founder of Solutions, which I really love. Uh, it's a great play on words uh, that are lists. How are you today? I'm fabulous. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah, me too. It's, uh, it's a beautiful day here in the UK, and uh, I know that it's early for you, so I will be gentle uh, and look to bring out the best in you, as I always try to do that for all, all our guests. And, and together we can create something really beautiful. How does that sound? That sounds like a lot of fun. Now, you're known as the ideas queen. Where does that come from? Well, one of the things that I love to do is I love to give free business strategy sessions. They're usually typically short. But one of the reasons that I love it is because the way that my brain works, I just have a flood of ideas come through Mm. and it feels like play. And so when I do those business strategy sessions, it's like I get to go to a playground and, and play on the jungle gym and and the person on the other side is just wowed by the amount of ideas that I have. And so I got dubbed the ideas queen really quickly and it's just stuck and it's it's a lot of fun. It's probably one of my favorite nicknames. Absolutely, yeah, because often I think we probably all can relate to a time where Maybe one of our nicknames isn't so uh, complimentary. We probably all had one of those. But when it's something that actually makes us walk into it and actually increases our posture, uh, it is amazing, actually, what a turn of phrase can, can do for the human spirit. Absolutely. And that's true even in how we talk to ourselves how we talk to ourselves is incredibly important. And when we speak positively to ourselves, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Blackburn has shown that our cells actually hear that positivity. So when we call ourselves beautiful or we call ourselves the idea queen, ourselves, ourselves, C-E-L-L-S, <laughs> hear it and they respond positively and they protect our DNA in a way that supports us in living longer and healthier lives. Yeah, my mom's got a nickname for me. It's called Jam Pot. Uh, and it always makes me laugh because she always thinks I'm really lucky and, and jammy, you know, and uh, it's something that I, that I do respond to. And I kind of expect, you know, good things to happen. Just like now you'll expect to find solutions to problems. It is amazing how you know a spoken word can bring bring life i completely agree our brains are wired to hear what we are saying to ourselves and to others and to integrate that 
um, almost as like a framework inside of us. Mm. We can strengthen parts of our brain just using language. Uh, and I think that that's something that most people aren't considering when they have thoughts running through their head or they're speaking about themselves to others. When we put focused attention on having positivity, we can strengthen areas of our brain that actually allow us to be more motivated, especially in our business. Mm. I'm really going to delve in deep with this uh, with you, uh, Alice, because I think it is really poignant. I think the world needs empathy. It needs kindness. It needs gentleness. So I am going to go deep with you on that. But before I do that, I really just want to ask you, you know, you started off in forensics, then you kind of like pivoted into neuroscience. Uh, and obviously now one of the things you do is you're a self-love coach. How did some of those experiences kind of add to the work that you're doing now? I'm always fascinated by having something that's totally different. And yet there's still things that we would have learned that you would have learned in forensics or neuroscience is actually adding to what it is you're doing now. Thank you for this question. I started in forensics because I wanted to be of service. I wanted to positively impact my community. I wanted to bring a sense of compassion to the world, especially in an area that can be quite rough and hard, uh, challenging, or even scary sometimes. And, and I believe that I did that in forensics. I also learned in forensics, and this was a great learning moment for me, and, and I would love for the listeners to think about this for themselves, is I learned that just because I can do something doesn't mean that I should be doing something. And, and what I mean by that is forensics was something that really fueled this passion to be able to give back. But it was emotionally taxing for me to be around death and suffering so much. And I also realized that I'm a very outgoing people person, um, that I really love interacting with people on a daily basis, and that it wasn't a very good fit for who I am as a person. And so I kind of carried that forward into neuroscience. I studied, um, pain reduction for acute and chronic pain. It was a, a topic that was very near and dear to my heart. I had experienced chronic pain since the age of 10. Mm. And again, that was a way for me to be compassionate and give back. When I later on in my story, it's, it's kind of a long and twisty road down to being a self-love coach, but the, the same feeling is there, the same desire is there. And what I learned was that we have to show ourselves compassion. We have to show ourselves love, gentleness, and kindness before we can really express it out into the world. But I also learned that by doing that, we have such a great gift to give to the world and that it is through this self-love and compassion that we can really affect positive change in the world on a greater scale than a lot of other things. Mm. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to go uh, deep into self love. You're a self love coach, and uh, I would love to know what is your highest expression of self love. How? What is the highest expression that you show yourself self love? The highest expression of self love for me is actually 
canceling on things. And I'm sure that you probably didn't expect that answer, but um, I've always been a very driven person and being true to my word and keeping commitments is something that I hold in very high regard. And I have kept commitments and done things physically or with my time that has really been hard on my body. Um, I have to be really gentle with my body with the genetic condition that I have. And, and so when I cancel on something, because I know I need to be really good to my body and put my health first, or I reschedule something, or I say no to something, even if it's super exciting, and I know that it would have an amazing impact on others and myself, that is the deepest form of self-love. And it's the hardest hardest thing for me to do. It's much easier for me to do other self-love practices. And so they don't feel as profound as when I have to say to somebody, you know, hey, I, I can't be there today because, um, you know, my body really needs me to, you know, stay in a, you know, a restful place. It doesn't happen very often. I don't cancel very often, but every time I do, it feels like a profound sense of self-love. And, and I think it's important that we talk about needing to say no or needing to reschedule or needing to cancel in our society because there's such a stigmatism around it. Um, and our bodies, our health, our mental health has to come first so that we can fully show up in the world. Yes, yeah, and it's an interesting one. And uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question because, you know, I'm a man of my bond. And I always say, if you say, if you say you're going to do something, you should do it because we live in a, in a world of flakes, right? So mm-hmm. you've got that you've got that one strong trail of thought that I think is worth its weight in gold. And then I, I can hear your side of saying, actually, if it's to the detriment of your health or, or your mental health, then don't feel afraid to, to walk away from it. I think the sweet spot has to be to know what to commit to in the first place, which you were alluding to, rather than kind of getting yourself where you said yes, and now you're going to say no. It is obviously better, isn't it, for us to not commit to things in the first place that aren't aligned to, I guess, our energy and also our value system. Absolutely. Absolutely, Mark. That is the best thing that we could possibly do is really get in touch with our bodies and know what really works for us and what doesn't, maybe what boundaries or limitations we have as far as what we're able to give or not. And I still think that those instances do happen. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're human. Mm -hmm. And that is something I talk a lot about with my clients is we are human. Mm -hmm. And even if we have, um, you know, the best sense of commitment and we have the best sense of time management and we have an amazing schedule, which all, you know, I encourage all of my business coaching clients to have, we're going to have that moment where something isn't going to work due to where we are physically or mentally. And it is a profound act of self-love to be able to step into authenticity and say, I can't do this today. Now, hopefully we are able to give as much notice as possible. Um, and it happens very rarely. I mean, it, it happens very rarely for me that I cancel something because I am so careful in my life. But when we lose that sense of connection with body and we just push, push, push through things and do the things anyway, that's how I ended up putting my life on the line. 
And I don't recommend that for anyone. Don't push, push, push to the point where you're putting your health and your mental health on the line. Do you feel then that the better we are at loving ourselves, the less likely we are to say yes to things we should be saying no and, and, and saying yes out of guilt? Because if, if we have a greater sense of self and we know how to love ourselves, do you think the byproduct then is actually we don't fall into the trap of overextending and then needing to cancel? Do you feel like that's kind of like true? I do believe that that is true. And it's probably why it happens so rarely for me. Um, you know, I'm somebody that um, has to be really careful with their health. And so I'm very mindful. I'm very mindful of how I schedule my time, who I spend my time with, mm. um, how I'm giving of energy and what I do physically. And all of that is acts of self-love, right? Mm. Because I'm putting my health first. Mm -hmm. um, and it allows me to really show up in a profound way in my world and, you know, be on podcasts with you and have my own podcasts and, you know, speak internationally uh, and show up for myself and self-love. So I do believe that that starts with self-love. Absolutely. What, what, are, what are some of your own daily self-love practices? Because I know that self-love is very much at the forefront of of all you do. Uh, I would love to know what some of your daily like practices are with regards to loving yourself. Absolutely. Well, my first daily love practice is that most days I don't have an alarm set. I'm not a, I don't love the sound of alarms. I don't really know anybody that does. That's probably why they work. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I usually wake up to the sunrise and it took me a long time to get used to that and feel comfortable in my body to just know that I would, that I would wake up. But that's one of the things that I do. I, I infrequently use alarms. Um, and it allows for me to gently wake up in the world, which I highly recommend if possible. Uh, I also, one of the very first things that I do in the morning is I stand in front of my mirror and I look myself in the eyes and I say, I love you. Sometimes I say it more than once. Sometimes I feel giddy about it and laugh and giggle. Um, and that's a pretty simple thing that if you think about it, if everybody in the world started their day with standing in front of the mirror and saying, I love you, how profoundly different would our world be? Um, and then I would say that one of the other things that I do is I do gentle body movement, you know, so physical body movement is really important for me in order to maintain my muscles for my joints and all of that. But I've chosen a body movement that's really, really gentle um, and still produces the results that that I need in order to, you know, keep my joints in place. And that was that took me some time to feel like I could do body movement in a gentle way and that it was still legitimate or, you know, relevant. Um, but finding what worked for me was important. And I really encourage the listeners to find what's important and works for them. Yeah, I love some of those personal personal things that you do to, to show and practice uh, self-love. You know, we, we hear all the time now about mental health. We hear that there's a lot of anxiety uh, in our world. And, and sadly, even in, in our children now, 
you know, from the back end of the pandemic, bringing so much change to the way that we relate to each other and and restriction and how we navigate through that. You know, why is it important uh, this, for us to be gentle with ourselves? And, and why is it that we often aren't gentle with ourselves? You know, we know that we're our own worst critics. So it's kind of two questions in one, really. Um, why, why is it important for us to be gentle with ourselves? And, and why is it that we're not? Yeah, we're not gentle with ourselves because it's the norm in society not to be. And we see it modeled everywhere. We see it modeled um, in the people around us because that's what they've seen modeled to them. We see it in the news. We see it in TV and in books and in movie. It's normal in our society to blame ourselves, shame ourselves, threaten ourselves, um, be our own worst critic, point out every flaw. And, and society kind of has built this model and, and, and actually not terrible intentions. You know, the, the intention is that if we are doing this, then we are always striving to make ourselves better, uh, which is not a bad thing. You know, being integrated into self-growth is important. Uh, and, it's just never going to happen through those means, unfortunately. I mean, if I would, you know, ask the listeners, if you could think back to one thing that you criticized yourself about, um, when's the first time you criticized yourself for that thing? How long has it been? Has it been, you know, 10 months or 10 years? And how much real progress has happened by criticizing yourself? And when I ask my clients that question, most of them say nothing, nothing's changed. I'm still criticizing myself about the same thing and it's because it doesn't work. So self-love does work. That's why being gentle with ourselves, being kind and compassionate is so important is because it, it literally allows us to affect change in ourselves. It, it opens up this doorway where we can positively move through the process of being in a better place or in a different place. If you think about it, when we make someone wrong, we instantly turn them on into the defensive, right? Mm. And they feel like they have to defend their position. That's not an open mind to change. It's the same thing within ourselves. As soon as we make ourselves wrong, profoundly wrong, and criticize for ourselves for something, we are not being opened to the possibility of something being different. Mm -hmm. So when we're gentle with ourselves, we are much more open to that possibility of, of positive change. And we're using neuroscience as well. So we're, we're actually engaging the pathways that we naturally have in our brain to be able to step into these areas of reward, motivation and decision making. Mm -hmm. And we all know that those three things are critical when it comes to success, especially in business. Mm. Yeah, so so true. There's so much uh, wisdom in that. I was thinking back to one of your daily practices where you look in the mirror and you tell yourself I love you you know and on those those dark days that we all have where maybe we got something wrong uh, or we know we we fouled up or messed up you know is it you know when you look in the mirror and you say I, I love you you know is is there days where on the back end 
of maybe you missing it, uh, that that becomes more difficult, or is it something that's become very second nature and is very authentic? <laughs> I definitely have hard days. I'm human. I absolutely have hard days. And I think that that's something that's really important to know in self-love is there are going to be hard days. I've been practicing and working really focused on self-love for over a, you know, a decade at this point. And I still have days where looking myself in the eyes and telling myself, I love you is hard, is very hard. I still have days where I feel anxious, where I feel like I've made a big mistake, you know, and maybe I even have, and I have to try not to go into those negative patterns of being negative towards myself. Um, it's, it still comes up for me. It, I don't know that it never will. I, and I think that that's okay. And it gives me a lot of empathy for the, for people that are coming into this for the very first time. It's not like a, a one shot cure. You're not going to practice self love one day and then have profound, unconditional, unwavering self-love for the rest of your life. Um, it's a daily practice. And, but I, what I can say is when those negative patterns come up for me, um, or when I'm in a challenging place, I'm gentle with myself. It's okay that that happens. I tell myself, it's okay that you feel this way. You're not alone. I'm here. You know, like I comfort myself because that's what's going to help me get to the other side. It's not going to be me trying to strong arm myself into self-love. I mean, that just doesn't work. <laughs> um, it's really about being like, hey, it's OK. This is where we are today and we'll see what tomorrow brings. Now, I know you've had dark days and you mentioned a little bit of some of the challenges uh, with, with your health. How much of, of those dark days do you feel it dawned on you? You know what? I haven't really been loving myself. And actually the result of me not loving myself is through the manifestation of challenges within, within my body. And, and what, you know, what did you do to fight back from, from those moments? Thank you for this question. I, you know, I remember really profoundly the day that I realized that I had overworked and pushed and shamed and blamed and and threatened myself into a place where I was literally putting my life on the line. Um, you know, I was uh, 28 years old and uh, which was in 2012. And I, I remember sitting across from the doctor when he said, you know, you have a, a rare genetic condition, which is not typically fatal, actually. It's not typically a, a, a terminal diagnosis, but I had, I had, um, you know, progressed so far uh, that he told me, you know, I don't expect you to live more than a couple of years. And it, when I heard that and I realized that I had, you know, unknowingly gotten myself to this place, um, it was devastating. And one of the 
one of the biggest lessons that I learned in that time was that beating myself up about that was just more of the same thing. It was more of the overworking, the bullying, the threatening, the blaming, shaming that I had been doing in my life before. And I really had to come to a place where I was willing to at least try. Mm. Try to love at least one one part of myself or try to say at least one positive thing to myself in a day. Mm. And 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 sometimes that positive thing wouldn't even sound that positive. It would be like, you know, your eyebrows look amazing today, <laughs> which is not the, the most profound thing I could possibly say to myself, where I would say, it's okay that you're here today where you are in your physical body. Um, and yeah, I, I just look back and, and that was the moment that the, the shift started and, but it was small. It started with just really small steps. And, and that's what I would encourage our, our listeners to do is start with something really small. Start with maybe just wrapping your arms around yourself and giving yourself a hug. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, standing in front of the mirror and saying, I love you is too hard and that's okay. And, you know, don't beat yourself up for um, how challenging something is. Start with something that feels comfortable to you. That is also an act of self-love. Mm. Yeah, that's I, I think you're onto something there of being able to say, you know, Mark, it's it's OK that you struggle in this area, um, you know, al- almost validating your feeling and also where you're at on this journey you know and and being able to be gentle with yourself which has really been coming through in the interview i think's quite powerful i think if all of us can just pause for a moment and think about maybe something that we know keeps tripping us up that we know is is what i call a shadow it may not be pretty it may have an ugly side to it and yet acknowledging that actually it's okay that you don't have it all together and it's okay that you're a bit anxious. I think it's really powerful, isn't it? Absolutely. Thank you. And I would, you know, the question that I like to ask is imagine what a world would look like if everyone was practicing self-love and compassion, self-acceptance and gentleness. Absolutely. That's a world. That's a world I want to live in. Absolutely. Because, you know, we all know that hurt people hurt people, you know, and if we can, if we can, if we can heal each other, then it will change from hurting people hurt people to healing people heal people, you know, and then then it becomes a totally different movement, doesn't it? Absolutely. And loved people love people. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's really, really beautiful. And, uh, lots for us to think about and and also be encouraged by and i think it's a a good reminder that the interesting thing is is from what i can gather is some of the choices that you made historically got you into difficulty and trouble but the beauty of life is the same person who gets you into trouble 
which is often ourselves, is also the same person that can get you out of trouble, which in your case was exactly what happened. And that's encouraging. Absolutely. You know, there is no such thing as failure as long as we're still living, breathing and 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 trying even a little bit, even a little bit. You know, you can't fail at self-love if you're at least trying just a little bit. And what I want people to know is that the self-love is already inside of you. I believe that we come into this world knowing love for ourselves, that it's an intrinsic quality that we have inside. And so you're not learning something from scratch. It's already in you. Mm -hmm. And it's about reconnecting with that sense of self that we have. Um, and, and I know that you know that it's already there because we've all had those moments where we're trying to do something that maybe stretches us a little bit outside of our comfort zone. And we've had that moment where when we've said to ourselves, you've got this. Mm. Right there, that's self-love. Yeah, definitely. Love it, love it. Alice, I've got a couple more questions before we start to bring this into land. Um, my next question for you is, what's what's been the the personal growth that you've experienced like the most in, in the past 12 months? Has there been something where you really feel, you know what, I've really grown in this, and, and what is it? The thing that I've grown the most in in the last 12 months is just being willing to speak my story. I was so afraid before uh, to share personal details about my journey, uh, about my the health challenges that I've had, um, even about saying I still have challenging days where saying I love you to myself is hard. Uh, I think that in our society, it's it's hard for people to talk about their their weaknesses or the things that they're working on. Um, and I decided in the beginning of this year that I was just going to start telling my story. I was just going to start talking about it because I didn't want anybody else to have to get to the point where their life was on the line because they weren't loving themselves. Um, and so that's the biggest growth that I've had is is just speaking my truth and telling my story. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think in business as well, your ability to be able to tell your story is really kind of what gives you the edge on on a lot of uh, maybe other competitors or, or people that are in the same line of work. Your ability to story tell, uh, and we live on in our stories, and people that have been on planet Earth and are no longer here continue to live on in the stories that we tell. And so storytelling is really important so i love the fact that's been your growth uh, that's fantastic now you re recently launched your own podcast called the body positive podcast what's what's your heart and vision you know for for this podcast oh the body positivity podcast is my love project and i am so excited to be doing it with my co-host diana grimion she is fantastic and the goal with the podcast is to inspire people to be more accepting and loving towards their bodies and other people's bodies, uh, which is really key. It always starts with self first, us being more accepting and loving of our bodies. Um, and that's how we're able to be more loving and accepting of other people's bodies. I would love to live in a world someday where people aren't shamed for their bodies, for the natural occurrence of their bodies, whatever that looks like. 
um, or whatever choices they make with their bodies. You know, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about me is that I have a full back tattoo. I'm not shy about it. I show it. Um, and sometimes I receive judgment around it. They, you know, some people feel like when they see it, they assume things about me. And I would love to live in a world someday where we don't assume things about people based on what their bodies look like. Beautiful. I love, love the essence of that and, uh, encourage people to, to check it out as well. Last question then before. Uh, you can share anything that you've got burning or anything that you feel like you want to share before we uh, wrap up. I'm always fascinated um, by, you know, people's role models, the people they gravitate towards the people that that fascinate those that are, that are achieving like yourself. But if if you're able to meet with someone, you know, for, for lunch, you know, living or dead, who, who would be, who would be that person that you would love that opportunity to engage with? Louise Hay. So she is a huge role model for me. Um, she is what I consider the queen of self-love and the, the beginner of the self-love movement. Um, I read Louise Hay every day. So part of my self-love and self-care practice is to read a book called Trust Life by Louise Hay. And she is her work on how to heal your body through self-love has had profound impact on me. And I, I highly recommend for people to go and, and check out her work. And one of the things that she has inspired me to do is to create a, a seven week program called you are the love of your life for women uh, where they can devote seven weeks to reconnecting with themselves through self-love and creating a true partnership through trust and really committing to an unwavering commitment to their self. And so I'm, I'm launching that, um, the next run of that program on October 29th and the change that the women experience uh, through that program is profound. And what is wonderful about self-love is that it impacts every area of life. So they're experiencing positive change in business and in relationship and in, um, you know, pursuit of joy and, and all of that. So those are my closing thoughts. Love it. So when Louise Hay listens to this and everybody else, uh, how do people get in touch with you and find out more about you? Absolutely. So my website is solutions.com, S-O-U-L-L-U-T-I-O-N-S.com. I'm also soul underscore Lucians on Instagram. So those are the easiest way for people to get in touch with me. And I'm just so excited. Thank you for giving me a morning talking about nothing about self-love. It's fabulous. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. You're very warm. You can see that you live out of that which you believe. And uh, that's always a beautiful thing to see that when you interact with a human being and you see that the essence of of what they do and who they are are so intricately woven together together. Uh, I think there's nothing better. So thank you for showing showing us that. And I hope you have a, a great rest of your week too, Elise. Thank you. 
Thank you. You too, Mark. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Mark Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.